Um, sometimes we do sketches, but I couldn't think of one. I haven't thought of one. I didn't do one for Matthew either. I'll have to get back on that. Like little funny intros. If we think of one, we can do it later and I can okay, add it later. Cool. Like if you can think of what. Yeah, like, can't funny. we just make really scary exorcist noises at each other? Sure. <laughs> what is the scary exorcist noise? Yeah. The power of Christ compels you. I mean, like something like that, you know. Maybe we should do <laughs> Hello and welcome to the You Show Show. It is the show where you show things. I am Kelvin Lazy McMurray, and today I am joined by my bestest, goodest friend, Isabel Spotslizer. Isabel, what is up? Hi, hi. How, how are you? Not like we've been talking for 45 minutes before <laughs> yeah. this very moment. I'm super great now. Thank you for being here. It's good to have you here. Yes, it's good to be here. Uh, Isabel, you are a good, good, good Wisconsin friend of mine. Um, you are such a good friend, in fact, that I decided to marry you. Father Laser. To your current husband. I always love to say that. I'm like, yeah, I got to marry my best yeah. friend. And yeah. like, you're married? I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm not fucking married. I married my best friend to her husband. It was fucking dope. It was the best day of my life. Um, it was so amazing. But yeah, we've known each other for a long time, and uh, yeah. we are both fans of the movies, and here we are today talking about mm -hmm. some movies, so... Yeah, all good. Well, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. I wanted to talk about, really quick, that... And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this up until, like, the lead-up to today, and mm -hmm. um, out of, like, everybody that I know personally, I think that you are probably, I don't know, like, the phrasing of this, so help me out, you're a better wordsmith mm -hmm. than I am, but, like, you're the top, like, horror-file that I know. You're, like, the biggest lover of the horror genre, I think, out of anybody that I know. I love to be known as that. Yeah, that that's that's perfect. So what is it about horror that it's, like, it's your shtick? Like, what is yeah. what is it generally that has always drawn it, drawn you to it? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, I actually thought about this a lot before I knew we were going to have this conversation. I was kind of like, oh, I think this question will come up. Um, I think that the horror genre in general, I mean, there are parts of it that can be really cheesy and silly and obviously not considered great in the realm of film, um, which I kind of think is so great because then whatever horror films are truly great – um, it's kind of like they've overcome a greater obstacle. You know what I mean? Um, so there's that, but there's also, I think that there's kind of this, um, and maybe this just relates to me, but it's a bit of an exposure therapy. Like this idea that like, I think people that specifically maybe have heightened fears or anxiety, like I'm like raising my hand here. You can't see it. Like that would be me. And like a lot of people in the world, I actually think that horror films can be like so great for those people. And I think that's maybe why I'm drawn to them because when I was younger, I was definitely like next level terrified of horror films. And then as I got older, it definitely became something that I not only loved and like leaned into, but I definitely recognized it as like my way of controlling you know, maybe my own fears or maybe, you know, the, that sort of a thing is just in a controlled atmosphere, like the element of fear is so um, cool. It's it's just something that 
I don't think it's like something that can come from every film and to be able to kind of elicit that in a person, like actual true fear. It's super, it's just, it's just, it's, it's cool. And it's one of those things that like, it's developed a lot over time. So, um, there's obviously like the stylized part about the films that I love because I love a certain amount of gore and blood and jump scares and all of those things. I mean, that's kind of just fun. That's just almost nostalgic for certain movies and things like that. Um, but it's kind of gotten to a point where like, I mean, horror films are all I watch or like, uh, TV and film, I mean, not just, not just film, but like TV shows. It's like, they're always, they always have to be, there has to be like a horror aspect. Like Ben, my husband, I have to say it like that in case nobody else knows. My husband, husband, Ben. My husband that, that Calvin has known for a gajillion years, knew before he knew me, married us, all that fun stuff. Um, so the point is like, uh, it's gone to the point with him. Like, I, I think that we used to watch like everything together but now it's like he's like okay what horror movie like I mean he's like sending them to me he's like vetting them for me like what show that's like super fucking scary is it that we're gonna watch because it just has become this um weirdly comforting thing for me and um yeah I love it I don't know if that like answers the question but I think that I do think for a lot of like horror fans I think if you were to really look at the people who are super into horror you would find more often than not, that there are people who maybe are more fearful or more anxious or any number of things. And horror films are just kind of um, a controlled environment for them to experience that, you know? It's cool. And then, like, it seems like, yeah, to, like, express it in a way, but, you know, in a fun way that, you know, it's... it's that's the beauty of movies is like the credits are going to roll eventually. Yeah, exactly. They are. And it's like, also there's the idea of like overcoming them. Like, so there's a lot of horror films that I watched when I was younger that now um, that I was horrified, the exorcist would definitely be one of them when I was younger. And that as an adult, I have come to love and watch all the time and like overcoming that fear and turning into something that you really appreciate and that you love is kind of, you know, it's, it's an interesting view, I guess. It's just, it's like a different take on something that probably at one point terrified you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, for sure. And it's fun because Nat and I actually were just talking about that tonight of like, which movies stuck with us growing up. And, um, for me, the, like, I think it was always like the creature features always scared me a little bit more than like the teen slashers and like the ring. Like she said that the ring terrified her when she saw it in high school. And I was like, I, you know, like that, I, okay, that was neat, you know, but like Signs, that movie. Oh my God. I just watched Signs last night. I'm like in tears, like, like bawling my eye. I mean, it's, that's actually just an insanely beautiful film, like top to bottom. Oh, so good, I love but it. I mean, it's got Mel Gibson, so but we'll give it a pass. I mean, yeah, it like fuck Mel Gibson, but exactly, yeah. everything else is like phenomenal. Um, do you have like a, do you have like a favorite or a preference of like a style of horror that you're into? Yeah, so that is actually probably why The Exorcist is one of my favorites, since it is the um, originator of my favorite horror films, which are basically all um, possession movies. Um, I also really like I really like ghost kind of um, ghosty ghosty horror movies as well. Um, it's not that. So I have this thing like when it comes to horror movies that I kind of theme them 
throughout the seasons. I'm nothing if I'm not seasonal. So um, I so this is probably why spring is my least favorite holiday because like, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, holiday, a season. But what do you watch? Like, what do you watch in spring? That's scary. So like in the summer, I've got this whole thing about slasher films um, and – Shark movies. These are okay. All okay. You know, I you know I have my shark party every summer, and um, slasher films are great, especially near the end of summer. That's always kind of a time for me to watch slasher films. I can come up with this like whole list of movies in the summer that like kind of lean into summer, right? Um, fall time is obviously just like set for like my favorite horror movies of all time. The spookies. The very spooky ones, like the best of the best, which is obviously like The Exorcist, um, The Conjuring movies. I mean, even some of the Annabelle's fall in there. I mean, and those are kind of ridiculous, but they fall in there. <laughs> you know, Halloween's all the, just super, super good. Then when you get into winter, I have a whole list of like winter horror films. Like, so Krampus, we have a Krampus night every year. Krampus is like, I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, I, I have not. it's phenomenal. I mean, if you love <laughs> Christmas and you love horror and you love creatures killing people, like you will die. And we just get, we just get drunk and we have like Christmassy cocktails and watch Krampus. So it's amazing. But then we do Krampus, we do Gremlins, we do The Visit. Um, actually, The Shining um, is always one that we do in the winter. Like there's all these like kind of like misery okay so that's not like a horror movie but i can kind of move into things that are a little suspenseful if i need to yeah it's like dread yeah 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 so so we've got all of these and then you like roll around to spring and you're like okay i don't know yeah uh, oh oh midsummer summer yeah. yeah i was yeah, just about to say there go. you go there's your spring movie and uh yeah, we're going to get in a fight real yeah. soon about midsummer and um oh hereditary i still need to watch this this season Again, right? You need to watch it again, you mean? No, I have not watched. Well, okay, I've seen Hereditary a million times, but I have not seen it yet this season. Gotcha. So every time like, gotcha. I watch it, like, it's like it's this whole sad cyclical thing that I have to do and put everybody in my life through. Um, but so, wow, I, did I forget the original question? No, I think we got it. I don't even remember the original question. So I think we're doing great. Great, cool. Um, um, okay, what I've done, I want to do something that I've not actually done with anybody else yet. I've put together a list mm. that's equal parts mm. serious and ridiculous. Oh my God. Okay. And if you want to, I'm going to run through the list top to bottom and you just okay. give it an F to an A rating or okay. you could say like NA for like not applicable or whatever, or like pass or haven't seen it or whatever. I'll probably come up with different terms, but got it. Got it. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll play, <laughs> let's play a drinking game on how many terms you come up with by the end of this list. Uh, okay, so F to A. Okay. Or some word. You ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, and this is my list of just kind of lazily going through IMDb because I don't know a ton about horror. Okay, so, so I want to know, like, are these horror movies that you personally like or is this just your list not no, knowing shit? Some of these I haven't even seen nor heard okay, of. Okay, great, so, right, um, right. Okay, we'll see if I have. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, easy one at first. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm, let's see. Carrie. Oh, uh, B+. Plus. Jason X. Oh, my God. I think maybe, well, you know, sometimes those can be fun. Uh, I'm going to give it a D, though. Okay. Poltergeist. Oh, my God. A. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A minus. Scream. B plus, which people would disagree with, but I'm, I'm just don't, I'm not that into slashers. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, you know what? B plus. Exorcist 2, The Heretic. 
don't fucking know what that is. Out. I don't want the exorcist follow-ups part. That's like watching The Hobbits, okay, after you've seen The Lord of the Rings. No. Uh, well, I'm going to just say it then. Exorcist 3. Fuck off. Again. <laughs> Child's Play. Oh, okay. Um, God, Ben would kill me for saying this because it's like his favorite, but I'm going with like a C+. Plus. The Omen. Oh, um, A-. minus. The Conjuring. Solid A. A-plus is the best rating here, okay, but that's an A. For the, me. The Conjuring 2. That's a B plus. Annabelle. Wait, which one? Okay, which I one? I don't know. The thing just said Annabelle. The thing just said Annabelle. The first Annabelle, I'm giving it like a C minus. Annabelle creation. Okay, so that is... <laughs> you're like, what the hell are these movies? <laughs> yeah, I've never That's seen That's going to be like... Um, I'm going to go with a B minus. Okay, this is all for horror fans so that they can kind of yeah. like in their head yep. be like either agree with you because that's the thing about like horror fans they're like Come they're either, me, like people. yeah they're either Come like in total agreement or they're like you're the biggest idiot yeah, yeah. uh the conjuring the devil made me do it okay this just came out and i had really high expectations for it i wanted to re-watch it this year to feel a little bit better about it but i'm gonna give it like a b minus it did not it didn't i love the whole conjuring world like i i said like the conjuring world is my favorite world you know how people are like you know whatever marvel universe oh marvel universe Barf. no conjuring universe is my universe but uh yeah that just that that was just a no for me it didn't do that well the nun oh my god so i surprisingly really like that b plus annabelle because the nun, oh i just like side side note um <laughs> the nun itself scares the living shit out of me i don't it's so dumb it's so much cgi it's so stupid looking but it <laughs> fucking haunts my dreams so that's why okay right. so what are we on the next one is annabelle comes home um, god i wish i could remember wait if, if that's like the really good annabelle like the newest one if that's right. legit i'm gonna give it an a minus all right um get out oh you know that had so much more hype than i'm mm, b minus Oh, us. Not, not my type. Uh, us, B+. Plus. A Quiet Place. A-. minus. Psycho. Oh, A+. Plus. It Follows. Ooh, A. Alien. A. The Witch. Ooh, I really liked that, but I'm going to give it a B+. Plus. Uh, relic. Oh, I didn't see that. Wait, wait, Relic. Like, <laughs> I've wait. seen this one. Wait, wait, wait. Relic like that? Okay, am I... Is that like that new horror movie or is that the one with no. like the creatures? It's from a, it's like a creature feature from the 90s. Oh my God. B plus. Okay. Brains yeah. from out the back okay. of your head. Yeah. Yeah. 100% B plus. Okay. That's his still a B plus. I thought it was like, yeah. Continue. Okay. Uh, Saw. Oh my God. D. Saw 2. F. Saw 3. Ask them all. Saw <laughs> 4. Gonna... Hold on. Saw 4. What? Saw, uh, saw five. Saw, saw six. <laughs> you have to. Just okay. hold on, bear with F, me. F them all, okay. Saw 3D, the final chapter. F still. Jigsaw. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I have to have. I have a question. Is Jigsaw like the newest one that has like um, what's his face? Uh, what? what no, that's Chris Spiral. Saw. That's the next one. Okay. okay. So, all right. Which I haven't seen, so why am I getting excited? So, uh, F still. Okay, so Spiral. Spiral, have not seen. I'm going to give it a chance. I guarantee it will come in at under a C. Okay. Uh, Hellraiser. Oh, my God. Actually, 
not something I have seen. So don't know. It, Which I should have seen that. It chapter one. Uh, those are the new ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's like a, a minus. It chapter two. B minus. The Silence of the Lambs. A. The Babadook. B plus. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Ooh, uh, A minus. VHS. Fucking F. <laughs> the Ring. Ooh, uh, B plus. Halloween. A plus. Halloween 2. Uh, F. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. F. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. F. F. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. F. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. F. Halloween H2O. Halloween, okay. I have to tell you this story. Halloween H2O, right? So this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't care how many people, like, think I'm so stupid for this. Like, I fucking love it. Uh, it's not called Halloween H2O, which I've been calling it forever, like Halloween water. I'm like, ooh, Halloween H2O. It's called Halloween H20, as oh. in like 20 years later, right? And and I was recently told this, and it's changed my life, and it actually makes me like the movie less. Okay. Um, but we will forever call it Halloween H2O because I will never call it Halloween H20 because whoever named that is incredibly stupid. So point is, that still gets an A in my book and okay. always will. Uh, Halloween Resurrection. Oh, is that that's the newer one? Uh, no, right? Yeah. No, what? The new one is like the killing. No, no, no. There's two newer ones, right? They're both done by what's his face? What's his name that did the zombie? The... Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> Rob Zombie ones. Fuck the Rob Zombie ones. Actually, Rob Zombie in general. If you name any more of his films, I'd rather set him on fire. I do not like Rob Zombie films. All right. He's just uh, like a torture porn dude. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah. Suspiria, 1977. No, I'm going to give that a D. Suspiria 2018. I'm going to give that uh just go shoot yourself in the face. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, didn't we talk about this before, so the, the newest Suspiria? Okay, we, we want to be excited because Tom York did all the like, music and all this shit. And it was like, I mean, you saw it, right, Calvin? Yeah. Okay, that end scene, did it? Did you lose part of your life? I mean, that's like, not even, no, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I know. Uh, That was hard for me. I'll get into Suspiria another time, not today. Um, <laughs> I liked it, but I didn't like it at the exact same time. But anyway, um, Species. <laughs> mm. F, no, 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 no. The Meg. Oh, my God. Okay, well, so we're going into shark movie land. So I'll give that a C in the world of shark movies. Okay. They get, like, a different rating scale. Uh, okay. Um, last one, American Werewolf in London. Oh, I mean, that's a classic, but I'm still going to give it a B. Okay. Uh, so any, any other horror, is it like horror fans, horrophiles? I don't know what you call it yourself. I'm sorry. I'm not the person yeah, I mean, for this. I don't know if I call myself anything, but I'm sure that some people, some people do. So speak to hyper excessive fans of the horror yeah. genre. Yeah. Now, you know who you're dealing with. Now, you know what you're <laughs> up against. And now if you have any complaints, just direct them towards Isabel and leave me out yeah. of this fight. Cause I don't know. Go I don't, for it. I don't really know anything about horror. Like horror is a weird thing for me because you kind of have to let go. And if there's a person in this world yeah. that's good at letting go, it is not me. And, um, you are so fun to watch horror movies with, though, because so I guess that's like probably another very sick thing about people who love horror films is, at least for me, maybe I'm, I'm probably speaking on behalf of people I shouldn't be speaking on behalf of, but um, 
I love to see other people get like scared shitless, which is terrible. I mean, it could be something wrong with my personality. So like you watching them with you and you're not a big horror person. And, you know, I have all these memories of you like sitting on the couch or whatever. All covered up in a little blankie. And you're like watching and you're like, you know, on a scale of one to ten, you're like two out of ten scary. Two out of ten. Oh, 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 four out of ten scary. Four, 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 four out of ten. Uh. Eight out of ten scary. Eight out of ten yeah. scary. <laughs> and it brings me so much joy. Like, why does that flood my heart with joy to see somebody start to get really scared? You know, I guess it goes back to that, you know, um, whole exposure therapy thing of like, maybe I enjoy seeing other people get scared too. Like, oh, we're all sharing in this together. Who mm-hmm, knows? Mm-hmm. Probably very psychological. Well, um, well, the movie, <laughs> now that we're 22 minutes into this, with the movie. Oh, no. this, is, this is the worst. We should never. <laughs> it was fun. I had fun. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk today about The Exorcist, mm-hmm. uh, a, a cult classic, a fan favorite of the horror genre. Came out in, uh, what year was it? Oh, my gosh. 1973. Yeah. Yeah, good movie. Um, Amazing movie, yeah. Let's go. Uh, do you want to, or do you want me to, to go over like a refresher film synopsis? Um, you do it because I'm really bad at in like an elevator pitch. Not my thing. Okay. So you definitely do that. <laughs> All right. Um, and help fill in the gaps. Sure. Um, yep. Okay. So. Uh, the Exorcist, for anyone that hasn't watched it recently. If you have not watched it, then you suck, but continue on. You should, yeah, you should watch it before hearing us fools talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Exorcist is a movie uh, about one of my favorite actors, uh, Ellen Burstyn, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, and her daughter, uh, Regan, played by Linda Blair, Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen Burson is like a famous actor in a movie, and I think they're filming in the state of Washington, right? So they had to move yeah. there. Was it yep. Georgetown? I think it's Georgetown. Georgetown. It's Georgetown. So they're they're making a movie, and so Ellen Burson's character had to go there. Uh, they moved into a house just so they could make this movie. She brought her daughter along. There's issues with the father, kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Kind of like a distant thing. Yep. And then there's like some spookies, right? There's some spookies that happen and there's some spookies in the attic and in the walls. And then the spookies take hold of this little girl. She's got to be like yeah. 13, right? 14 in yeah, the movie? Yeah, maybe younger. I don't know. She might be a little younger than that in the movie. And and she's the sweet little girl. Like they show like a great relationship uh, between the mother and daughter. They're like yep. friends. They play games. And, mm-hmm. and there's kind of some hints and clues like um, – the slow build. Yeah, like yeah. what 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 did it? But eventually we realized that like it's a it's a demon or even possibly like the devil himself has It's a demon. Okay. It is not the devil himself, but yeah, it is a demon. Is possessed and don't you, I think in like later movies you come to figure out his name is Pazuzu, but that's another story for another time. It and, totally is because there's so many cuts. So I mean, depending on what cut you're watching, you're going to get a totally different movie at this point. Okay. And then we'll talk about that in a second. And yeah, then, for sure. um, and then, um, so this little girl, yeah, just like little things by little, she, like her, the color of her eyes are changing, her, her skin yeah. is disfiguring. It, it starts subtle. 
the spookies are happening where she's like first she's like rocking in her bed but then the bed is like picking up by itself and, yeah. and then her voice starts changing she's speaking latin which is my personal favorite out of all the spookies <laughs> is the latin um wow that's your favorite wow that's yeah out of all hilarious. of it i i love that you latin. all know that like you don't you don't read the latin you don't speak the latin you're fucked if you do that i mean every horror movie ever that's the deal never read the Latin. That's like horror 101. Yeah, if there's Latin in a book, just close that book. And, Run um, for your life. And so then a priest gets involved. The priest is, um, he's like the priest of like science. And um, he's, um, yeah, so he's a psychiatrist. He is a doctor. He's got a PhD and he's a doctor. And he's definitely questioning his place in um, the Catholic Church. So Father, and Father Damien, yeah. Damien, yeah, like Dr. Karras, Father Karras, whatever. He, you know, that's a big theme throughout and we can talk about that, but his, you know, that's always a theme I think in the Catholic religion is the questioning. And that's something that they of course played into, but yeah, continue on. And so he gets kind of involved. We kind of realize that, yeah, he's more involved in like the science end of the church. And again, like you said, the, the psychiatrics and more yep. of like yep. the physical premise of like reality and maybe perhaps what it could mean and the interpretation and of mental the illness. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is a great part of the movie that the, the idea of mental illness like I think they were just coming around to some of that stuff at that time so it's their mentioning of it is um it's it's great for the exposure of mental illness but it's also really great because it um it kind of grounds you like it shows you that this is that it's it's almost real more realistic to have that aspect in there you know what I mean yeah because they are taking they're taking young young Regan to the hospitals and they're explaining that it could be something with her brain it could be systematic of X, and that y, and Z. A very a very real feeling you know versus it just being all kind of more um, about this possession or all kind of religious like you know it kind of brings in people that are not religious and makes them believe you know yeah, yeah and I one that's one thing that I like too about the movie is that it's not it's not like religious right off the bat it's actually the last resort you know they literally do everything else before for, yeah for the family it is yep and so the first half that's another thing too is the divisiveness of the film of how it's built like the first half again is like the science of it all the going to the doctors and the yeah. medical equipment and the the doubt and the disbelief and then the second half is then it's like, okay, well, now we've involved the church, and what does that mean? You know, um, that's kind of an interesting thing. I feel like we're just getting into it now, though. I don't know if you want to finish your synopsis first. Well, yeah. So then there's a, there's a, well, there's, there's the police chief, the police investigator, uh, that actor, his name is Lee J. Cobb. I love that guy. He was in 12 Angry Men. He's an awesome actor. Yeah. Oh um, he gets involved because there was a murder at the house. Um, that's a whole thing. The director. Yeah, yeah. The director gets thrown down this set of stairs that's very yep. steep and there's many of them um so the police detective is involved father donovan's involved now the church is involved with this exorcism of this young girl but of course he can't perform it because this is like a sacred duty that can only go yeah. to like a certain tier i'm not catholic yep. so i don't know all the terminology yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah for sure but it's got to go up through that the... and then um and then they brought in uh uh max von Saito, uh as as the priest that's going to perform father yeah, you right, right, Father Marin, right? That's yeah, it. Yep. yep. Oh, for sure. I, I know him as Max von Saito. I love him. Um, he, I came up with a joke. I, his, I was gonna say he's an actor for the his two most famous roles, which is Star Wars Episode Seven and Strange <laughs> Brew, which. <laughs> 
which I'm joking. <laughs> he is much more famous actor than those two roles. If you've never seen Strange Brew, that's a 10 out of 10 film. I actually should do an episode on Strange Brew. I'll make somebody watch it. But anyway. I love this. That's a 10 out of 10. That's hilarious. I love that movie. But anyway, so finally <laughs> they get him involved, and they're doing the exorcist, but it takes time. Um, some shit gets fucked. She's, she's saying the spookies. She's doing the spookies. And... Um, and then the possession, and we'll have to get into this, and, like, what mm-hmm. does possession mean? But the possession then goes into Father Donovan. He kind of, like, puts Father himself who? on the... Or Damien. 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 I Damien. Said, Damien. Yeah, Damien. sorry. Names. Yeah. yeah, no, all good. All good. Uh, and, then, and then he jumps out the window. It was foreshadowing. He jumps out the window, and yeah, he, too, sure. tumbles down the stairs, cracks his neck, hits his skull, bleeds out, and then dies, then effectively ending the possession the exorcism was complete or you could even argue it wasn't technically almost yeah Um, yeah. but the demon is gone and reagan is back and her and her mother leave the house and that's the movie um of course with a couple more themes a couple more things that we glossed over but um as every ask everybody like again out of the whole stratosphere of films that you could have picked why why this film why the exorcist why why was this your choice um yeah, so I have a few things to say about that. So um, first of all, it's like probably out of maybe it it would be in like my top three favorite horror films, which I think like maybe some people have categories of like these are my favorite horror films, these are my favorite dramas, these are my favorite films. Like, but for me, like top three favorite horror films is it's definitely top three favorite films. Like in general, um, you know, we're excluding Lord of the Rings because we all know how I feel about that, uh, but. So, um, so it's just a film that I absolutely love and, um, there's actually, so this is like a story I wanted to share about the film and kind of like why I think, um, beyond it just being so great and so good and so scary, like why I like it so much, um, and so for me, I watched it. I think a lot of people probably watched it maybe in our general age group, probably came to watch it maybe in like middle school for the first time. Um, and so for me, I was in the sixth grade and you already know this, Calvin, but I grew up in a small town that was like obscenely religious, like very, very religious, like literally had like an actual like shrine and just like a lot of crazy stuff. Um, so religion was like a very big thing um in our community and I grew up in a family that wasn't like necessarily religious like my dad was um raised catholic but my mom was very like just open so we were just all kind of raised that way we weren't baptized anything like that um so I w- I watched it with friends in the 6th grade and didn't know what I was getting myself into at all and I was watching it with um these two girls and we watched it in broad daylight, which to, to, to this day actually terrifies me more. Okay, so it goes into this whole thing. So we're in my friend's living room. And to play into this, like, crazy religious town that I lived in, her living room is bright white. It's in the middle of the day. And it is filled with, like, porcelain figures of, like, Jesus and his, like, disciples. Like, I mean, like – everywhere. It's not like there's a couple, like the whole room is decorated in this way. There are like little tubes that is like Jesus turning, turning like water to wine or his blood to wine or whatever the story is. I don't know, but like 
literally and they're like plugged in so it's like showing that it's turning (laughs) stuff to the stuff you know just like very visual right like of like oh jesus literally so we're in there and i'm like okay this is you know i've been in this room a million times but i don't love going in this room in general okay um but we're in there and we're we're watching it, and I'm kind of like, you know, the whole whole first half of the film, he's in like, you know, Iraq. It's like some archaeological dig. Like, you know, no like sixth grader even like conceptualizes that. It's something I enjoy now watching it. But as a kid, I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't care. Um, but you know, the film starts, and we must have got the cut, the the cut right. So they don't. The, there's a cut now that they don't necessarily show. Reagan doing her crazy, scary crab walk down the stairs. Like, it's okay. So, so this is iconic. And I think that they have taken it out because, um, it doesn't really align with the rest of the film, maybe like of some of like the slow buildup. Like, maybe it was a bit more of like a, a cheap shot, like kind of a jump scare. And maybe they didn't want that in there. I'm not sure why they took it out, but it was in this one. And, you know, very horrifying for a kid. So she comes, like, flying down those stairs, you know, backwards. and It's terrifying. Yeah, I've seen it. It's crazy as fuck. Yeah, blood spilling out of her mouth. And it's just, like, that horrifying, like, ah, you know, whatever. I can't even do whatever the horrifying scream. And, you know, my my friends are telling me, like, oh, these are real recordings of Exorcist. Like, this is real. And I, you know – and, you know, they, they've, they've set up the movie to be like, you know, Reagan wasn't baptized. Like, her mother is this actress. And, and this is something we can talk about. Her mother is this actress. And she's like a single mom. And she comes home, you know, and she has a drink after her shift. You know what I mean? It's very like, you know, her mom's this modern woman, but Reagan's not baptized. And um, so somehow she was exposed to this. She didn't have this, like, protection. And I'm sitting there between these two girls who are, like, one's Catholic, one's Lutheran. They're very, you know, devout. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm the person here that's going to get, <laughs> like, you know, so this scene happens. And I just break down and, like, start crying, you know, because I'm in the sixth grade. And I'm, like, hysterical, like, oh, my God. And right as I start crying, like right that moment, both girls, it's like they look at each – I'm not friends with them anymore. I mean <laughs> – um, So both girls look at each other and they instantly, like like they planned it, lock it, each of my arms oh. with their arms oh. on either side, oh. lock arms and rewind the scene and they just play it again and again and again. And I'm like hysterical. And uh, – it's just was such like a crazy, scarring, traumatic memory for me. Um, I mean, first of all, what bitches? But second yeah, I was of all, gonna say, just... yeah, Becky, we're talking to you here. You fuck. <laughs> Becky and Stephanie <laughs> here, hell? Jesus. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Um, you know, which is funny because I was just talking about how fun it is to see other people get scared from horror films. Um, but I mean, that was just kind of next level, and it just absolutely terrified me, and it sat with me for such a long time. Like it just really, really, really scared me. And we ended up watching the rest of the movie and, you know, how you get over things with your friends. And um, I didn't watch it again for the longest time. Like, I didn't want to. <laughs> I was just, you know. I think that's understandable. Yeah. traumatized. And I think I watched it for the first time again when I was probably like 20. And it was right when me and Ben got together. And I was like, let's watch The Exorcist. And we did. And it was like, a, one of those cool moments of just getting over something, which again is like some one of the things I kind of like about horror films, but it was just kind of like getting over it and also just like being with a person that you trust and all that sort of thing. But it was also 
Um, and this is another thing we can talk about. We all know about the subliminal messaging in The Exorcist, right? You know, the the, the scary, like, um, white demon face guy that comes up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So originally, that was like this. It's like less than a second. It just is this quick little shot. I think it played in the original maybe like one time. Yeah, like once or twice, yeah. Yeah, once or twice. You couldn't even detect it in theaters. But on like VHS and all that stuff, you can. Um, so, of course, how we were watching it, you could detect it. And I think like depending on the cut you get, you can see that guy up to a few more times. Yeah, that's one of the differences. I This is one little trivia fact that I know is that's one of the differences between the two. There's there's in, at this point, there's effectively two cuts of the film. There's mm-hmm. kind of this quote unquote standard cut and then the cut they were calling the version you've never seen. And like I, I've seen both of them, and the version you've never seen, like there's the scene where Ellen Burstyn's character is like walking through her kitchen, and we, mm-hmm. the yep. camera, and you see it. yeah, you see it like in the stove, and like in the yep. shadow, the shadow of the stove, and like in the shadows of the walls. And I remember thinking that that version is a lot creepier, but the original version, I think without it makes it more interesting. So it's like, no matter which version you get, you're fine. I think the thing about it though, and what, I mean, and that's what I'm saying is that like, I remember watching it as a kid and seeing that little face pop, you know, like it does. And it worked exactly the way it was supposed to in the way that like me and my friends did not talk about it afterwards. We didn't bring it up when it happened. I very truly believed I just saw it myself. <laughs> like, and that I was 100% being possessed. And I think that's probably like maybe some of the reaction they had when they had first showed it and people were freaking out because I'm like talking to Ben when we finally watch it again when I'm 20 or whatever. And at the end of the movie, I'm like, you did you see, you saw that like, that face and he's like yes he's like we all you know just kind of like are you serious and it like helped me so much but like I really internalized that like I was like it totally worked on me and it's like I cannot be the only person that that worked on like it was it was so I know it was meant as like subliminal messaging and I know like in the original the idea like when you saw it in theaters I don't think that you were actually technically really even supposed to see it it was supposed to be so fast you didn't know if you saw it or not. And I know that seeing it on VHS or DVD is different. Um, but that aspect of the movie is actually some one of the things that like terrifies me the most when I watch it. Like every time, like I can't, I can't, get, I mean, like, again, I've seen this so many times and I'll be sitting there with Ben and that little face will pop up and I'll be like, Jesus fucking Christ, like screaming. And he's like, oh my God, seriously? Like, That's funny. Yourself, like. It just scares the shit out of me. It really does. Yeah, and it's it's the idea of yeah that this this demon this essence is you know in the house. It's it's in the yeah. walls. It's watching you. It's there, and it brings it to you personally. Yeah, and the film does a pretty good job with kind of these like voyeuristic themes that we are a guest in the house. We're not part of the yeah. house. We're just here watching all this go down. So when you add those elements to it, yeah, it definitely stands out, and it's it just builds this like eerie sense. Um, Well, and I think that's one of the great things about, like, any horror film that I think, like, um, that I end up really loving is one that, like, brings you in. It's one that makes you think, this could happen to me. Ones that I can separate myself from, that I can say, well, this is, like, a very, like, specific situation that has nothing to do with me. I can really walk away and not really feel anything about it. I don't get that feeling of terror. I think um, The Exorcist does a good job of making you believe, like, maybe it could be you. Maybe this could happen to you. And really sinking into those 
feelings about yourself, maybe even about your own faith, your own anything that you have that's lingering there, you're going to bring it to the table when you watch the movie. And I know so many people walk away either feeling like that movie was absolutely terrifying or feeling like, oh, that movie was kind of uplifting. And, you know, that's what you bring to the table. Like it has nothing to do with the film itself. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, and so you were talking about like, again, like, you know, why, why was Reagan picked? Um, yeah, there's the ideas of like, yeah, they're not religious, they're not baptized, the mom is single, mm-hmm. and like Reagan even says something, you know, I can't, I think it's like the director, she's like, oh, you like him, and she's like, well, not like that, but because they're so loose in their conversation about it, it, it could imply that Reagan understands that, you know, her mother has a sexuality of her own, and mm-hmm. and, and Reagan is developing it her, her own and understanding it, she's got this cool liberal mom that, yeah, has parties, and so, you know, is it because her mom is as a 70s term would probably say it like quote unquote loose you know like in yeah, terms yep. of like a, a mom that parties and drinks and has sexual encounters with men as an actor that is that why the demon came then there's even like she played with the ouija board and that's why the demon's here you know and there's it, yeah. it's, and it's never answered and that is really cool because it does then imply that it could happen it could happen to you it could happen to me it could happen to anybody that we know it could happen to our children and our family members yes. and the people that we care about and um <laughs> So I think that that part portion of it is kind of the, um, which is maybe why so many, um, possession films can, why they're still relevant is that it's that theme of good and evil. And you kind of try to sway it one way or the other. Like, so we have this, like maybe some, See, I'm, oh, I'm hearing a scary noise. I'm getting freaked out just talking about this. Anyway, so um, so some people might have like very specific ideas of what good and evil is. But like what's great about most possession films is they try to skew it in one way or another. Like they try to make it more accessible to everybody that you could be – you may, may think you're good but maybe you have this part of you that is still susceptible. And I think that about Chris, the mom, like her, that the fact that she's a single mother, she's in – actress she's agnostic um it's kind of an atypical family um you know she she pays for somebody else to be with her daughter all day like there's this this kind of she's a it's a non-traditional family well and it's even funny too because like with that same line really quick too is like she's a successful woman too that's even more a modern woman mm -hmm. and it kind of like in that way you're kind of like watching it and you're like what the hell like this is you know because her daughter is subsequently preyed upon by the devil like why i mean reagan is supposed to be seen as completely innocent um and then what is she doing paying for the sins of her mother her upbringing like she's unbaptized but that's not by her choice so it's this kind of commentary maybe on the modern woman or like a little knock at it you know like oh a million percent and it's it's, it's moving away from that traditional family that feels so safe especially at that time mm-hmm and it's like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have talked about this in greater detail. So I'm only skimming the surface here, but there's other like yeah. podcasts and YouTube videos and other things out there that have talked about this. But again, it's like, it's like the believing of the women is one element, but this is also in the seventies, this is coming off of a spur of women being heavily medicated by the choice of their husbands. I mean, you got to remember yeah. mm-hmm. in the seventies, you know, there was crazy weird fucking laws in certain areas of this country where like if if your 
husband couldn't pick you up, they wouldn't let you leave the hospital. I mean, like, yeah, this oh, is for sure. very real. So a lot the, of oppression. Exactly. So the fact that, like, so much of the medical science has been integrated in this film, and then these experts can't give her answers and also aren't even listening to her and believing her very yeah. much taps into that tone of, like, well, she's just she's just a woman. What does she know? Well, you know, and and that's even then like another layer that is a little bit spookier than the spooky itself, which is the demon. So yeah, well, and it and that comes into play. I feel like multiple times because um, if you think about it, even like Reagan. So this the I mean the Exorcist is based off of a book. The book is based off of a real exorcism, a real thing that happened, and in it it is actually a boy. It's like I I don't even I'm not sure how old he is or whatever, but it's it's like maybe like a 14 year old boy or something like that. And I think it's so interesting that for the film, it's a younger girl, like what is our society's idea of innocence? Why isn't a 14 year old boy seen as innocent? Why wasn't that the, the casting call there? But it's, it's a young girl. Like it's like that we are this, the idea that we create of innocence, the idea that we create a, a single mother and her, young girl like this it's so much more um frail and and although it doesn't have to be but it is it's it's that it's that idea that it's more frail and it's kind of like it's really kind of a commentary on on that and and you know she's supposed to be this this modern woman that provides for herself and does all of this and they kind of you know go against that a bit and it's very much a movie that like um it, it definitely is high rewatch rewatchable high rewatching value is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And um, every time you watch it, you can kind of pick up on something new and you kind of think about something new and kind of see things at a different angle. And even noticing things too, like one thing I never really thought of or picked up on in the same line of what we're talking about now is uh, I'm terrible at names. I'm sorry, but the director yeah. uh, is over and, you know, he started to make an ass of Burke, himself. Burke, Burke. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, you know, uh, Chris at one point is kind of basically telling him, like, you know, you need to stop, you need to go home, and he's, yep. like, putting up a fight, and it's just this, like, you know, the men can be asinine and absurd, but when a woman has a medical condition, it's like, well, we don't believe you, and it, there's so many yeah. layers to that, and that is where then I think that um, there's, you know... Um, all, almost all stories have it in some capacity. You know, the characters are faded into something. And so it's an interesting dynamic then, too, uh, with Damien's character because his mother, who he cares about deeply, mm -hmm. is dealing with, A, mental issues, and B, also being a woman living alone. Yep. And so I feel like due to that fate, you know, if you could, you could argue in a sense where, you know, if the devil and these demons are capable of, you know, orchestrating these events in the film maybe there's something heavenly above that's orchestrating damien to have the ability to care to effectively end this evil you know and you can kind of think of it in like that terms as well where like for how much evil there is in this film there is still some good at the end which is cool so well they yeah and they tr they try to bring that in in with his character i think i think his character is really meant to be this this like vision you're supposed to see him struggle and then come to this and then defeat it even by the ultimate sacrifice i think that is a very very catholic thing uh it's a very religious thing to be like 
this person has questioned their faith and now they're willing to give up everything for the life of an innocent and their faith, which, so I guess you could look at the end and think that it is, um, in that way it's uplifting or maybe, or, or maybe not. I mean, it kind of depends on, on how you approach it. Um, yeah, because, you know, he's obviously very much so questioning his faith and then he gets put in a scenario where he gives up his life for an innocent young girl. And, you know, it's, again, that idea of innocence of like that, that anybody would, would give for her that because she is, um, possessed. And, you know, another one of the things I wanted to say about, um, kind of that begin that first half of the film is like the, I'm just only because I know this because we recently went through this. So like the medical procedure part, um, honestly, I think is more, one of the more terrifying parts of the film. And I think it's like meant to, it's obviously like meant to build up and cause this like discomfort when you're seeing her go in and she has to have these, these very realistic procedures done. Um, I think it's like an MRI and an X-ray, something, the thing with the crazy blood shooting out of the neck. I still scream every time I see that. It's very, very, um, realistic. And it really, I think it really grounds you. It really, brings you to reality of like, would I be doing this with my, my, I would be doing this for my old, my own child. Like this is a good mother exhausting all of her options. And personally, like I've seen an MRI. I, I, my son has had an MRI done on him before and it is uncomfortable. I mean, for a child they've got, and they're hearing these crazy noises going off and they are like freaking out alone and you're just watching and it is, it elicits this, this fear that is so, I mean, I remember when we had our son in to have it done and, and Ben was like, I will never watch the exorcist again. (laughs) It was so true to that. And I think that what's cool about them having that in there is it's really introducing, because this is before she really gets into her possession, but it's introducing kind of this bit of like physicality, like the, like, um, specifically in the, her body is possessed, like, right? So it's not her soul. Her soul isn't, her soul was taken, it'd be over. So it's the body. So it's this, it's kind of introducing this, this physicality that is yet to come. And it's, it's very scary in that way, just to, to that aspect of it, that side of it. They, they go through the medical side of it where you would be so horrified if you were a parent, you'd be so horrified if you were her as a child. And then they move into the physicality of, you know, her actually being possessed. And it's just, I feel like it's kind of like an omen at the beginning. It's just very, it flows really well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think, you know, maybe watching it when I was younger, it probably seemed you know, um, disconjointed. Is that a word? It just, it didn't, you know, everything with like the beginning, the Iraq, the whatever, and then like into the medical stuff. And then you're just basically waiting for like the pea soup to come out, right? Like the part that you're waiting for, which is all, you know, to this day, absolutely horrifying, but it's not really the stuff that as an adult builds up for me. Now this stuff as an adult is that it's that stuff that really gets me. Yeah. We care about things differently as we get older. Like, you know, you're, you're a mother now, so you can relate to, you know, Chris's character having to watch her daughter go through this. Whereas a 21 year old can't, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? And, um, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Nan and I were watching, rewatching the movie, um, in preparation for this. And yeah, during all those medical, exams i kind of just jokingly said to nat like pretending to be the demon and i was like 
yes, that is my grand scheme is to rack up your insurance bill. Like that's the real <laughs> demon's, you know, <laughs> ultimate goal here. And um, it's truly terrifying. Exactly. Medic millions of dollars in medical yeah. bills. Yes. Um, and then like, you know, he's got like investment stocks and like, you know, the medical and like pill industry. Yeah. It's all a pyramid yeah. scheme. It's, it's, it's all, that's where it's all going to. Um, but see, for me, it's kind of funny. Like you were talking then too about the, like, um, the getting there and watching it as a child versus watching it now. And it's kind of funny because like, see, I have, okay. So I have, I, I like horror movies. I do. I don't know a lot about them. And there's a, there's probably more horror movies that I have not watched than I have, but there are certain yeah. ones that I really like. And the problem, and this is me personally, this is not the fault of the film. This is me mm-hmm. is there's always this voice in my head that is saying like, why these people? And what I mean by that is, like, I understand part of the horrible, again, we were talking about is that it could happen to anybody. But think about it in the terms of the logistics of the demon. This mm-hmm. is something that, like, when I watch these kinds of films, and I'm asking out of a, uh, out of a form of, like, pure sincerity. Because yeah. my brain is just like, if you have the ability to possess people, why don't you just possess the President of the United States and just have him press the nuclear launch button and fucking... <laughs> kill an entire country see and it's like or i could go into a little girl who's laying in her bed and i understand the horror is that it is a sweet little innocent girl but you get what i'm saying like yeah but you know so i mean just to to argue that point so that would never be okay from the standpoint i suppose of um a demon. So you 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 don't want to. I don't know that you would want to um, bring the world to nuclear fallout. You know, like you are the idea of possession is is like opportunity. I think I don't think that you um, get to just do it to anybody. It is the opportunity. It's the openness. It's like um. It's it's like a door is opened, and so I think that's always what's really frightening about it. Um, and so with Reagan, they really try to set that up where whether it be that that she's not baptized and that, you know, her mom and her mom's lifestyle, but then that she was down in the basement playing with a Ouija board, uh, which is why to this day I haven't played with a Ouija board as much <laughs> as I am like a very spooky person. I'm like, no, thanks. I don't actually want to be possessed. But so um, the deal is, is like you you are supposed to somehow accidentally open yourself to it and that it can happen to anybody who accidentally kind of opens that door that doesn't have these like protections. And okay. I think that that – I get what you're saying though about the like, but why, why this, why this, why these people, why this story? And of course the story is there because it is the innocent young girl and that's what draws our hearts in and, and everything else. But, um, that's also supposed to be, um, the terror in it is that it's not, if it was something like a demon would only, um, possess somebody that was of the utmost importance. Well, then you as a viewer, I mean, you're not just going to be, you're just not going to be that scared. It's supposed to, I feel like it's supposed to, if you're doing a good job, you're supposed to bring a little terror into the viewer. The viewer is supposed to somehow think like this could happen to me or somebody I know or somebody I love. And that is why I'm so scared. That is true. No, and I get what you're saying. I just have... I think that's your that's your defense mechanism when you're probably, <laughs> probably. it's just like understand the logistics from a business yeah. circumstance because it's just like it's just every time I watch this movie I'm like what's the demon's end game here like you know like I'm gonna possess this girl and we're gonna yeah, open just, up a bowling alley and we're gonna they just want pure terror that's what they want that's it they, they want to take our souls innocent ones especially are the tastiest. <laughs> 
Like, that's the deal. But again, it's like, I, I watch this in comparison to like, you know, It Chapter 2, and yeah, this movie is like a goddamn golden masterpiece, and, and, uh... Do it again. In time. No, no. In time. Mirabilitictu, don't you agree? You speak Latin. Egote absolvo. Quad nomen mihi est? Bonjour. Quad nomen mihi est? La plume de ma tante. How long are you planning to stay in Reagan? Until she rots and lies stinking in the earth. And this movie does do one of my biggest things in horror films, just personally, is like, I can't, I cannot tolerate nor stand the, like, the gore porn categories. Oh my God. I call it torture porn. And I despise it as well. Yeah. 100%. That and like, yeah. It's so cheap. It's cheap and it's just, it's just like, who is this for? That's what I always think of. Who is this for? Who's watching this? Who wants this? And who's making it? Yeah. I'm not into that aspect of horror in any way whatsoever. But this film does a great job at, at building dread. And that's my, that's my favorite thing in, in, in horror is just this, like, Dread is the perfect word. That is, um, that's the, that's what gets you. And it just builds and just little by little by little. And you put it on top of, again, a film that, a film that for its time, I mean, this film is very risky. You know, they've got. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That are talking about, you know, uh, uh, not total commitment to the, to the faith. You've got moms partying and doing things with their daughter and you've got a crucifix masturbation scene i mean like oh my god it's next level the 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 statue that gets defecated with oh my you god know, the, yeah the, the 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 graffiti and what have you the art that is applied on top of the statue yeah and oh um, my god which still all all of it still makes me literally yelp it scares me that much every time i see it well and i think that like like one thing that i kind of wanted to talk about and think in 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 I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the scrutiny that the film industry went through, particularly in like the 50s, kind of in the the heyday era of Hollywood, is that a lot of films in the 50s and 60s, there was a lot of like censorship and a ton of people that weren't making the films determined what could be in your own personal film that you created yourself and Mm -hmm. that shit is bananas and um because it was really heavy in the 50s and 60s and then it was the 70s when a lot of people said fine we're not going to your studio then to make movies we're going to finance it in other ways and still release the films and then they started making a ton of money because they were really good the heyday of filmmaking was in the 70s that's when all the best movies ever came out was in the 70s for sure i actually really agree with that and so then this was a film that really help push and pioneer that because there are some things that even in like 2021 i'm like oh damn like i I, they're they're doing this and yeah that's and so there's like a two-part coin is like the first part is that i'm glad that they did it because again it people had to do that especially in the 70s to push through and say Mm -hmm. because like a lot of that censorship too was for like personal financial gain you know if like I'm on the committee that censors these films, but I have, you know, commitments and ties and stock value in a different film industry. Well, I'm going to ruin your film so it doesn't compete against my film. So it wasn't for the heart of the good Christian community of the United States of America. It was for financial reasons often. And it was bullshit. 
But so then the other side of the coin, though, is with this film, and I'd be interested to see what you think, though, is I do wonder, and I don't know the answer, I'll be honest, is like, Mm -hmm. what percentage would you say is like, see, I feel like some of this film, though, is doing it just for the shock value. It's not over the top, but there are some things where I always kind of think with like a certain certain base that I'm like, are they just doing some of these things for the sake of doing them? But as like a horror fan, maybe there's something that I'm not looking at that maybe you have a different light on, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about the aspects of the movie that are obviously over the top, yeah. like, right, like the spinning head, the pea soup, the... Yeah, the, like, the, masturbation you know, with the crucifix and, like... Right, yeah. so, I mean, I would actually argue that that part was not doing it for shock value. I think that part was really breaking through some crazy boundaries. I actually can't even imagine seeing that in a film today without it just being kind of, like, a dumb film. Like, definitely not a good one. Um so that that was kind of its own thing, but um, some of the other stuff, like yeah, like the, obviously, like the spinning had the the barfy pea soup thing. So um, yeah, I think that with any great horror film, though, you are going to have those moments because um, that's what you want. I mean, like I still, no matter how great a film is, and no matter how much build up there is and the intensity is all in the the music I mean which we could go into a whole different thing of that with the the music and the audio of The Exorcist but like you know the build up there and the terror there and this kind of like slow build that you see with the family and and what's happening to them and this whatever all beautiful all wonderful aspects of filmmaking great but come on at the end of the day it's a horror film we better see something scary you know what I mean I would walk away from this and be pissed if I did you know if there was a little rumbling of the bed and a couple swear words I mean no there needs to be um the true terror so I mean I think that that stuff I mean yeah maybe it's shock value but that's the point I mean I think they pulled her I truthfully believe that they pulled the version of her like flying down the stairs which is just next level terrifying um because they thought it was just too obvious too in your face yeah and I know there's things too that they have like pulled back on in terms of what Reagan actually did and said. Like, um, yeah. there's some things that they've they've even like cut down to de-intensify it, which is kind of funny. But um, it is, it is to kind of I get it. I get the editing behind that. I get the kind of wanting to make it a little bit more subtle. But at the end of the day, it's a horror film. You need those aspects. You do. I mean, it's not supposed to be this, um, you know, kind of suspenseful possession film. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you need the pea soup. You need the pea soup and (laughs) you need a little girl shouting fuck me. There you go. I straight up wanted to be her for Halloween so badly this year. I mean, so inappropriate for me as a mom, but I really (laughs) wanted to be her. I wanted to be her for years. Like Ben is like, could she please just buy some tiny little costume? No. The answer is no. I want to be her and I want him to be one of the priests he can choose whichever one he wants Next to be but wouldn't that be so great yeah. yeah wouldn't that be so great walking around and i would just be like splurting out this like little like pea soup thing from like a bag or something and like screaming obscenities with this like scary face oh my god it's a dream for me. your kids would just be like well mom's back at it again so <laughs> yeah i would definitely it would have to be like an adult halloween like my kids are being babysat okay and, like <laughs> just get like absolutely smashed before you do it just get drunk as all hell like <laughs> I do need to barf all over everybody, right? So I mean, I need to start screaming obscenities, and those are things that happen. So yeah, I love it. 
see what this is. Keep away! The sour is mine! Fuck me! Fuck me! Fuck me! What does what does the opening scene and the statue where, it's, where he's in Iraq? What does the statue and the opening scene? What does that mean to you? Oh, see, that's another great question because I mean, I think that maybe some people gloss over the beginning half. I know, like when I watch it with people, they're like, "Oh, let's get through this part." So that part actually. Again, I mean, and I'm a person like as much as I love horror films, I also get very scared very easily. It's like I haven't I have not developed a thicker skin. Let me tell you that. Um, But so it terrifies me. That beginning part actually really sets the tone for me. I'm so happy it's there. I just said to Ben the other day, I said, why don't more movies do this? This was definitely something that was more done during that time, like this like very elaborate intro that basically doesn't align with the rest of the film in any way whatsoever. And I love it. I absolutely love it because um, it has always terrified me because it has this historical significance. You know what I mean? So it's it's beckoning back to this time and this this thing that is beyond you. So even if you are religious or not, like I'm not particularly religious, um, and, but the historical significance, he's at this like dig site, he finds this and then when he looks and he sees that like statue and the dogs are like fighting or howling or whatever, just horrifying to me. It's just like the 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 shot itself, the fear that you see in him or just like the knowing that you see in him is just um, – it's this idea of like what he has faced, what he's going to face, what he – you know, it, it gives you a very – you know, a sense of unease. Um, and again, it's, it's this thing that to me, it's great because it's really pushing kind of this, um, this is real. Like this is something rooted in some sort of historical, religious, whatever. And it's really, you know, setting the stage versus it just being like some, you know, kind of like some like ghostly demon type thing, some poltergeist in your home that you're like, well, I don't believe in ghosts. This is so much more rooted in um, what feels very, very real, what feels very significant, very historical. Um, So I, I actually love that. I love I love that whole intro scene. I think it really. I think it really sets the tone for the movie, um, although it feels very different from the rest of the film. Yeah, it definitely stands out, and there are people that, yeah, like, I'm sure, you know, especially maybe on the first view when it gets done and it's like, okay, you know, and... What the um, hell is that? Like, as a kid, I remember being like, oh, what did I just see? That was 30 minutes of a waste of my life, <laughs> like, you know? Well, and I've always felt that, like, yeah, like you were saying, like, there's there's a history behind Christianity, and I think some people sometimes, like, forget that and the fact that they said it in the Middle East, I think, is really interesting because yeah. if I think I don't know what the term is here, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, I promise I'm not. But like, yeah, no offense, Christian people. Yeah, like there's been a little bit of like, and other people have talked about this, like a little bit of like a whitewashing to like the Bible and the history of a lot of this, and like 
Like, I still think it's funny, like, seeing images of, like, Jesus and he's pasty white in the painting. And I'm like... He's a, yeah, he's, like, a white dude with, like, long hair. I mean, he looks like, like, any musician you'd see down at the coffee shop. You know what yeah, I mean? You're like, yeah, yeah, right. he looks like he's hanging out with your brother on a weekly basis. And, yeah, yeah, yeah smoking a bunch of weed. Exactly. Yeah, no. and, uh, <laughs> and I feel like that this film is kind of, with that opening scene, trying to say, like, yeah, we're going into, like, the the old terrors the origin yeah. okay the old testament which scares the shit out of everyone right i mean that's a scary one yeah we're going into the parts of the bible that like you're not gonna like that you're not gonna they're scary mm-hmm. yep. yeah we're not gonna be talking about on like sunday school you know in 2021 we're gonna be talking about things right yeah this isn't like a whale that swallowed you whole and spit you back out or i mean i'm guessing at these stories i think i've heard them before but like yeah this isn't like the the like noah's ark type situation this is the like Eat your soul. This isn't about one. Peter the Leprechaun and his gold pot. No, um, <laughs> hey, that's definitely not. That was chapter three in <laughs> Leprechaunicus of uh, the Bible. That was my favorite chapter. As uh, I can't believe you didn't bring up the Leprechaun movies for me to rate those. I mean, because I could have rated them. Oh my god, I forgot they even existed until right now. <laughs> I haven't thought about the Leprechaun movie in. Probably I wish I would have chose that. 20... That would have been something to talk oh about. Oh my god, I'd have been like, oh, I'm busy that weekend, Isabel. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. And I think that like, I think that it's such a, it's what I'm trying to say. Like earlier I said, like, again, holding this up to like it chapter two is that like, I'm sorry, but I hated it. Chapter two. I thought it was a disaster of a film. I, I did not like any of it. And it was just like, like, um, it's just loud, spooky noises, but nothing's happening. And it's, there's, it's just that it's, it's, it's a systematic quick shock to your, it's a jolt to your system and you get an adrenaline mm-hmm. rush, but that's not scary. That's not It doesn't sit with you in any exactly. way. Exactly. You don't go to bed yeah. thinking, could this happen, you know, to to, to, me. Exactly, to the people that I love. And yep. um and uh and that's where this film does a great job. And I think that there are there are people because I I've met maybe like fifty fifty people, fifty percent people that, you know, obviously love this film and then fifty percent of people that are like, dude, it's just boring and she's just puked green soup and that's it it's like well yeah you gotta you gotta love something i guess to understand the film a little bit more and to understand that they they take their time and i think that they did set up like a good a good direction obviously that would inspire a lot of other horror films in the future where again like taking your time oh 100 not giving the answers and it doesn't just have to be a man in a mask that has a Christian name slowly hunting you down, you know, like it's okay yeah. to branch out and make these things into something that maybe the audience doesn't understand, but that's okay. And, um, the idea that it isn't, it doesn't come after you. It's within you. That is like a very, very scary theme. And I think that the deal with like, I mean, possession movies in general, I mean, we all know that from the exorcist, every possession movie from that point has taken from the extra. How can you not? Like it is, it is the the pool, the well, whatever that you draw from um, when it comes to that a, a, a possession film. Which you know, to me, are I I think that they are the most horrifying horror films. I mean, it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own kind of spot, like their thing that kind of scares them or or brings them terror. For me, it's definitely that. It's just that idea that something could move into you or a person that you love and you would have very little um, um, control over it, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that, I think the reason that possession films hold up, like the reason they are continuing to be created, continuing to be popular um, 
is that idea, like I said before, of good and evil. Like that's never going to go away. And that that idea of it, whether you were religious or not. And, um, you know, I think when you think about different times, like in our society, in our culture, like times of great divisiveness, which I mean would have would have also been when the exorcist was created, but most definitely stands now, is I think that people really lean into that in these times of divisiveness because that is what they they literally are feeling. So sometimes you kind of you are comforted by experiencing that in film, what you're experiencing in your everyday life, whether you feel it you close to home or not, like you kind of know that it's happening. It's happening in our society. It's happening in our life. They're very divisive times. And that, that idea of good and evil always comes into play. That's a, that's a way that even if you aren't religious, you still see that good and evil. I mean, most, most people can understand those themes and you can, I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm not afraid of the exorcist because I'm not religious. Or they say, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the exorcist because I am religious. Well, you don't have to have either of those. Like you, the, the fear is there because it's that battle between good and evil. And it's, it's on that same principle too, same idea. It's like, I think the film does a good job at saying, you know, good and evil are great in concept and theory, but what is the ultimate separator at the end of the day is your actions. You know, I can, I can sit here and say you're the best and most good person in the world. And I could sit here and say, I'm the most good and best good person in the world, yada, yada, yada. But in, if my actions don't speak it, then you're, it's just hot air and it means literally nothing. And, you know, it, it kind of correlates then into the ideas of even then like religion in itself, which is always this idea of like, here's a, here's an analogy. Here's a story of somebody Uh placed in a circumstance, but it's your job to interpret what that means and then go in the world and apply it for the reasons of good. And it's funny because I think that overall people typically aren't super analytical of the arts around them and it's a shame. And so I think that this film Uh does a good job at kind of captivating a general audience. They they very yeah. much branched it into the idea of like your average, quote unquote average, you know, approachable horror film, but then left its audience with like, again, a deeper meaning, something that you can walk away with and say, you know, Father Damien didn't have to give his life for this little girl, but by him doing it, what happens? You know, like that's the result. And that's the answer is that he was able to analyze the situation and act on it. And I think that's a really good message in a horror film. It's not just doom and gloom. It's that under any horrible circumstance in this world, you are capable of helping others and maybe act on that to your best capabilities. And um, yeah, damn, it's a good movie. I uh, <laughs> so good. I like it. I, li- I think you like it. And um, yeah. <laughs> and I. Uh, I'm glad that you have gotten the ability to come over it from from beckoning Stephanie in the sixth grade. I don't know if that's their name. I'm just making this up because I I think it's close enough. I won't I won't reveal them. I won't I won't. I know. I mean, they will not listen, but I won't reveal their names just because you know. I don't want to get sued. And um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not going to ever listen to this, but still, that's you know, funny. God! In the name of the Father, 
and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, by this sign of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Damien! Amen. So uh, the only other thing I really wanted to share was this very spooky story. Um, and it's only, and so this is the power of the exorcist. Um, so I was today before we talked, I was like, okay, I got to get my brain together. Cause my brain is basically mush from the kids all day. Like it's like most of the time I cannot formulate an actual thought. So I go, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit down and just think of a couple themes in the exorcist that I like, that I want to make sure that I talk about with Calvin tonight, you know? Um, and so I sit down and I start you know, typing this up on the computer, like the exorcist, blah, blah, you know, point ABC, you know, whatever. Here's this. As I'm doing it, right? So the screen, so so the the words, right? They just go away. They just disappear. I'm like not even kidding. Like it scared the living shit out of me. Like they, they disappear as I'm typing them. And I look and I'm like, oh my God, this is so scary. <laughs> and then Part of them comes back in like black, like the, you know, whatever. And then it goes away again. And my little, you know, what is it? The cursor just hops around the like screen a bunch. And then I'm like, okay, so my computer is being possessed. Like something is about to jump out into my soul. Like I am so horrified right now. I compose myself, highlight it all, bring it back to its original, whatever. See it there. All good. But, um, it just, it just terrified me. It totally did because I think it's like before that I was kind of thinking about the exorcist in general and thinking about how, you know, my association with it, like always even watching it, even to this day, even though I watch it every year, every time I watch it, I literally in my body believe I'm going to be possessed just by watching this movie. Like just, which, you know, so many people believe that. So, I mean, if you're actually religious, like a lot of people believe that, that that would like open you to it. Right. Which is probably why there are people like barfing in the movie theaters when they originally saw this. Um, but so this happened and I was like just sitting there and I shut down my whole computer cause I was just like, no demon, you're going to die with my computer right now. I'm so horrified that you, that this even happened and it could possibly be this regular thing, but you know, they talked about that. I mean, I don't actually know the logistics of it on the set though. I've heard about it a lot. Like all the spooky shit that happened on the set, like people dying, like it being on, you know, and you have to, I'm sure Absolutely. That my dumb little, um, you know, computer poltergeist was just um, coincidental. But that is the power of that kind of film that it literally I mean, it's just a film and it will make you kind of believe these these other things that it would just have the power to even like scare me that much. I've seen it so many times. You know, I'm almost 32. I've got a family and kid. Like, why am I so like scared it's, of this? But it's so scary. It will make you say you're going to die with my computer demon. <laughs> like I didn't just like throw my Mac out the window. Like if they ever remake I'm, this movie. No. Yeah, that'll that'll be the premise of the no. 2021 remake. You no, know they're remaking it, right? And I'm actually super. OK, so um, this would be interesting to you. What's his face? God, I was trying to think of his name before with the Halloween follow ups. He did the other alien, um, Danny McBride. He is doing it. They're doing like a three part remake that's going to go like air first on like 
peacock. I mean, just please kill me oh, now. Like, serious. And it's Danny McBride. Like, this guy is getting his hands on some super cool shit. Alien. And then Halloween and now The Exorcist. It's like he's personally trying to assault me and he's doing a bad job most of the time. Son of a bitch! Take me! Come into me! God damn you! Take me! Take me! chatting for a hot minute um <laughs> well um well as my friend janine would say i could crush your head like a nut but i won't because i need you <laughs> um okay i'm gonna i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do if anyone understands that quote go on my Instagram and tell me what movie that's from and you will you'll make my day and you'll be my number one person in the whole wide world um well anyway Isabel thanks for being here today uh, of course thanks for coming to the studio it has been amazing to talk to you and uh we will return next week where we are going to talk about The Shining another great classic horror film a film that's not scary at all, but is not very, scary at all. But it's very fun to think about, and yep. one of one of my personal favorites. So, uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>funny that um this episode is going to get released exactly right after halloween because like <laughs> timing and oh, no. scheduling didn't work out oh, no. it's kind of no it, it's fine it's funny i think it's hilarious so it, it seems about right it does i know how to make my podcast you know <laughs> seasonal and, and to the specific moment of time